Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ming. And we're moving along. Well, welcome back to our podcast. This is week four, I think, from quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're on Zoom, and let's start off with our weekly update. Ming, how was your week? <laughs> I feel like I'm being targeted. Um, yeah, my week was actually pretty eventful. Um, like the later half of last week, it was more just like regular normal stuff. Uh, Lynn and I are working on a lay project, so maybe she'll talk about that later. But yesterday, actually, I got some really sad news. Um, as you know, or you might know, I've been working with Planned Parenthood for almost a year now as their intern. And uh, yesterday I went to work, or went to work, like digitally, <laughs> like normal. And then a meeting got added to my calendar, like last minute. And during the call, it was me and my boss. And she told me that I had to cancel the internship or like let me go, I guess, because um, because of this time. they And because they're like a nonprofit and everything, they can't afford to keep me on as an intern anymore. So uh, I basically lost my internship in like... I don't know, a 10 minute call and it was really awkward and I tried not to cry. Um, so yeah, that's my update. Um, so they're ending it early? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're ending it about oh. a little over a month early because um, since it's a nonprofit, they rely basically on um, patients coming in and I guess they're not seeing a lot of business or there's like less grant money to go around. So they're trying to, they've been on a spending freeze ever since this whole like Corona thing started, I guess. Um, which meant that, like, obviously they couldn't spend any money, but I guess uh, they had to start, like, cutting people, and since I'm only an intern, it just Aww. made sense to cut me, and I was, it was really interesting because I asked her, like, oh, but I'm, like, doing this for internship credit, so, like, can I stay on as an unpaid intern, um, and she said, like, she basically told me no, but, like, in a nice way, I guess, which was more, like, it might make more sense for you to just do because they we have been offered alternative assignments from the university like in case our internship does get canceled um so we can make up our hours she said it would make more sense for me to do that instead of i guess work for free so um it's just a bunch of like research papers i guess i don't know the extent because i i basically ignored all the announcements because i thought it didn't apply to me because like oh i have a pretty solid internship i haven't heard any other anything otherwise so i have to contact the internship coordinator from the university but i think it just consists of like a bunch of papers talking about like i don't know maybe what's happening now or like what i should have or could have been doing at the internship mm-hmm. I guess. what is the alternate um, assignment so yeah that happened i i don't know the internship took up three mm. days of my week so i don't know what i'm gonna do now i've already started to like look into some other stuff to fill my time but yeah that's the that's yeah, the big how news is, how is job hunting for you guys going since <laughs> i'm so yeah, it's, stressed it's so strange like looking for jobs during a quarantine yeah um mm-hmm. i feel like some of even my job some of the job positions i've been like up submitting applications to like literally a day later they'll email back and say actually like the job posting has been canceled or like postponed until further notice because of um, what's happening so it's this is such a bad time to be graduating i'm like really stressed about it actually Um, (laughs) because i know 
um, our universities has a hiring freeze. Wait, Sally, you said you had an interview with somewhere. How did that go? Yeah, actually, so the interview um, was at the NCI like optical microscopy lab. It's kind of like a microscope core, um, and it's a postback position. So I ended up going there. I think it was like the first week of our spring break when like the quarantine wasn't that serious mm-hmm. so i could still like drive all the way there and it's in frederick so it was like a one hour drive um and then i ended up staying there for, for like interview i think five hours five hours yeah a really long time because yeah i had to talk to basically everyone in the lab and like mm-hmm. it was a multiple multiple rounds like i've talked to a few people at a time and then at the end um the guy I would have worked up under told me like that I'm a oh, pretty wow. good candidate, and then later on he offered Congratulations. me a job. So oh wow! That's what I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> wait, wait. When did you hear back? Was this recently? Um, I got the official job offer. When do you think start? Last week. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, the end of last week. Yeah. So I just told him. I just decided like yesterday actually, but uh, I'm gonna start june 1st if cool. if it's possible so yeah well that's a big like mm-hmm. exciting change actually june 1st is not that far away yeah i know i didn't want to start right after graduation but um the person that i'm taking whose project i'm taking over with um she can extend her stay a little bit so that she can train me so mm-hmm. i want to start earlier so that Are i can you get trained for by her. housing right mm-hmm. now that makes or, sense like looking yeah. <laughs> so yeah uh, yeah, I'm trying to look for housing. Probably gonna have like a roommate. Um, yeah. Is this a um? Because we talked earlier in other podcasts like about industry versus research. This is an industry lab. Um, this is more. Uh, it's not really. I mean, it's NCI. So NCI is National Cancer Institute, and it's under the NIH. So basically, mm-hmm. it's a government agency. So I think it's more academia style um research. But my lab isn't, like, the lab, the purpose of my lab isn't really research. It's more providing microscopy support to the other labs at NCI. But for this position, since I'm a postback, um, all the postbacks do research as their main focus in this lab. And then we don't have to do anything about, like, the, like helping others use the microscopes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Wait, this is- I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, they have some pretty cool uh, microscope, uh, microscopes there. They have like atomic force. Um, they have a bunch of electron microscopes. You showed them the microscope you got so in Taiwan. <laughs> oh my gosh! We tried. It actually works. You guys were, you guys were dissing it, but it worked. Yeah, we were doubtful. That's really good news. Were your parents or yeah, parents and everyone that have you to find out? Yeah, yeah. I think my mom still wanted me to keep looking for jobs. But I was just like, I- I'm so tired. Because yeah. before that, I I had already applied to so many things. And, like, a lot of people don't didn't get back to me. Like, the NIH um, mm. labs, a lot of times when you email the PIs, they just ignore you. Mm. And, like, I got rejected so many times, mm-hmm. even from, like, interviews. So I, was, I was just over it. This is still a good, like, since you want to be on the path to uh, a PhD, like, grad school later on getting to do your own mm-hmm. research that, that still sounds pretty good and yeah. getting paid so <laughs> was there that's anything exciting yeah. news huh? 
exciting. Oh. What about you, Linda? What about um, Linda? So I guess I'm in the same <laughs> boat as Ming, kind of, just looking for jobs and whatever. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about this, but me and Ming are working on this Lay's project where in our school when um, graduation for API uh, students, we give people Lay's that we kind of weave with ribbons and stuff. And because of uh, the situation, we weren't able or the school wasn't able to provide it, so me and Ming are kind of working on handling it ourselves. And then we just got some good news from one of the offices in the school and said they're going to help us out with funding and things like that. So that's been pretty exciting. And the other thing that happened, which isn't really major, but I dropped a zine project yesterday. And it was like my first like selling product, I guess. So just trying to get over the fact that I'm like, putting myself out there you know how like artists feel like you shouldn't get paid that much for doing it and also feeling guilty about asking for money and like getting money for that but i'm excited to start like making more things now that i have mm. more time but definitely want to um like keep on looking for jobs but not letting the process get too draining mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. that's really cool that I you released oh the art <laughs> how did the responsibility of doing the lays get like fall into you guys because you guys aren't really part of a whatever org does it right well linda's always been like yeah linda has always um, been like um part of the mica office which mm-hmm. is the office on campus that is like helping to fund this partially and um mm-hmm. she's also like you're involved in the like a team the heritage months like committee that they're the ones that normally typically plan this or plan the graduation oh. and all that. So I guess that's how Lena's like tucked into it. And then I like offered to help. But now it's become like, I don't know, it's become such a bigger thing. I was going to say this um, after Lena mentioned it, but just doing this project, I see how much mm, like bureaucracy there is around stuff. Like uh, it has to be approved um, anytime there's any money involved. And like, every, like we just wanted to do something simple like, oh, we'll make lays and then send them to our fellow seniors but now it's like this bigger mm-hmm. thing where we just submitted an invoice and stuff like that so it's like wow. a much bigger process than i thought it would be um mm-hmm. but yeah it's still something productive to do and um like mm-hmm. a little piece of normalcy maybe <laughs> oh my god wait that's the other thing Linda, i got my switch yesterday <laughs> and then i downloaded animal crossing but right now i don't know how to do anything <laughs> i'm like I'm like a newborn, like, so I was like, where's Tom? What do you mean? find him anywhere on the island. And it was because, it was because I didn't know how to get into the tent, because I was like, like, He's walking, in the tent. like against it. <laughs> what? But I was like, looking online, I was like, how do you get, I was like, how oh do you get God. into the tent in Animal Crossing? And then they told me, and then, okay, so right now, the only thing I did was build a fishing rod, and I've been catching fish. <laughs> I don't know how to do, like, anything else, and like, finding the, the eggs, or whatever like that's so stressful because mm. oh yeah well because i couldn't find any of the egg recipes Why is that stressful? Finding, like actual eggs oh you the recipes just come like randomly 
So people might give it to you, or if you find it like in a mm. bottle, there's like usually like Easter mm. bottle things and like balloons. Yeah, okay. I was so frustrated when I saw a balloon yet. right in front of me. Anyway, like, right there, I was like pressing eventually like, find like, why or whatever, like trying to get it. <laughs> but that's because I didn't know there was a, a slingshot. I not why, like whatever that button. I was like pressing. Every you don't button press why. Like, <laughs> it's right there. But I, re- I like it a lot. Yeah. The cherry blossoms are so like pretty. Um, the music is great. Um, yeah, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Wait, Sally, you didn't add me yet. <laughs> Are you yeah. in debt? Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. I need, I, send me your friend code. <laughs> but yeah, right now, I've been really obsessed with making um, hybrid flowers. <laughs> hybrid flowers. Um, <laughs> because, okay, so, you know you know the gen- yes. geneticist um, Mendel? Mm. so this game has this algorithm based on that okay i don't know i don't know if it's really based like scientifically off of that but anyways if you put two flowers next to each other there's a chance that their offspring flower will be either like the same flower or like a different a new hybrid um color of flower and then there's all these different combinations for all the different um, types of flowers that you can make and there's like these rare hybrid flower colors that you can get so I've been trying to farm these hybrid flowers, <laughs> and yeah, Actually, I'm also trying to decorate my island so I can get more star, like a five star rating. But yeah, um, villagers, people that visit, I don't know, but Isabel told me the rating, I and I just do whatever villager. she tells you to do. <laughs> what? <laughs> Kick them out? No, <laughs> hit them with your net, and they'll go away. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> They'll get really angry at you if Wait, you hit them. Was there anything you wanted to add about your week, Sally, other than the um the job thing? Uh, no. <laughs> I haven't been doing anything. Yeah, I made my oh, wow. I made my sister start like weightlifting fairy kimbokju. Oh, so, and she really likes it. I think. Yeah. She never saw it before. This is my fourth time watching. Huh? She never saw it before? No, I was surprised too. Because she was watching this other drama where the male lead was in it. And then she said she didn't know him. So I was like, God, educate her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I haven't really been doing much. Just doing schoolwork. Um, schoolwork's actually starting to pick up. Like, I have a bunch of things mm-hmm. due on Friday. It's so weird that we graduate, like, next so, month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... Oh, my gosh. Crazy. It won't even feel like that, though, because, like, wow, no more classes, and that's it. It's just going to be the same, because we're going to be at home even mm-hmm. when we graduate. I don't know. Linda and I have been dealing with uh, coursework, too. We've been, like, battling one of our professors. Okay, so... Actually, Linda has been battling quiz, him. Right? Not, not really me. so much. There was How a quiz, battling? apparently there was a glitch where everyone got 10 out of 10 points because uh-huh. it was the only option. And that's what, from, what Ming told me. But for my quiz, it was a glitch that made all the options wrong. So I got a 0 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god. And then this is before, <laughs> like, he wrote this... Okay, his comments are just so, like, mean on your paper. And then I tried to, like, fight him on it. And then, mm-hmm. like, he wrote back, he oh. was like, I don't know what you think you were doing, but, like, you didn't do this, and blah, blah, blah. He's, like, very rude. Um, That's but, like, so rude. in person, or, like, when he's, like, filming his lectures or whatever, he's so, like, 
I, w- I just want to help you, like, blah, 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 but... Soft. Like, in, like his true self comes out when he's grading, <laughs> yeah. Behind the screen. <laughs> no, it's actually c- kind of crazy, because when you read his comments, it sounds like he's, like, piercing into your, like, soul. Like, it hurts in the <sighs> way that he comments, but then when he does, uh-huh. like, the, the online lectures or makes a, an announcement... Like Linda said, he's, like, just very supportive and, like, soft-spoken, so I don't really know what's happening. But we need a good grade to pass, so pass-fail might be an option. Okay, so just like we got pierced in the heart by our professors, today we're going to talk about all the other piercings we got by professional in the ears. (laughs) And other parts, I guess. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about piercings and tattoos today. Uh, Funner, funner, more light topic. Um, than what we've talked about recently, so we could start with the person who has the most piercing, and that would be who? Sally. Isn't Why that don't you tell everyone <laughs> about all your piercings and why you got them, why you started getting them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, chronological mm-hmm. order. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I remember them, but I'll point out the most significant ones to me, I guess. Wait, how many do you have to start off? I with? have one, two, three. Four, five. I think I have five on each ear, and then I have one on my belly button. Yeah. Okay. So eleven total. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. My favorite. Uh, okay, let's start in chronological order, and then I'll do favorite and least favorite. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, chronological order. Um, first one was of course my lobes, and I didn't get them. Actually, didn't get my first piercing until college. Um, I think freshman year, mm-hmm. right? When I turned mm-hmm. eighteen, I think like one or two weeks after that, I went to get my piercing. Um, because my mom, mm-hmm. like growing up, she didn't really let me get piercings, or she thought I was too young, or she was like, "Why do you need a piercing? Like, why do you want to make a hole in your body?" So I had, I had no <laughs> excuse. Once I turned eighteen, I could do whatever I wanted, kind of. But um, after the first set of low piercings i guess so okay some background we, we all also uh, me Meng, and another friend natalie we all went to this um piercer that was right next to our university and it's called mm-hmm. he works in the shop called Ta- the tattooery and he's like the only piercer there well he used to be um his name is chris and he was super nice like every time he went he was like really professional and like he was um nice about like the follow-up and like when we went back to see him, he would remember our names. So I felt like mm-hmm. personal connection with him, which is probably like a <laughs> oh my reason, gosh. like probably like a reason why we kept going back so many times after that. Um, he was just like he left a good impression on us. Um, and it's like a different. It was a different mm-hmm. experience than I expected when you when you look at like tattoo places or piercing parlors. It's usually like really scary, but then when the people are nice, it's always like refresh refreshing. I don't know, thing. Um, but anyways, after my first lobes, I got, I think, the next one, I think it was my uh, helix, my first helix one, and then I think I got my conch. I actually don't remember the order, but I got my second, <laughs> I got my second lobes in New York, so that was really special to me. I went, um, that was, I think, sophomore year of college, um, our living learning program so i was in university scholars uh, or college park scholars i was in the life sciences program and we had a field trip to new york 
So it was, I went with like a bunch of friends in the program and it was really fun weekend. And um, all of a sudden, like spontaneously, me and my friend decided to get pierced. And <laughs> we went to Claire's because we thought it'd be cheaper, but it ended up being the same price <laughs> oh, as no. getting pierced like by a tattoo, by a piercer. So I was kind of salty about that, but whatever. In the end, the piercing was fine. So, and then, so yeah, I have the two lobes. I have two. I eventually got a second helix. So I have double helix, and then I have a conch. I have a rook, and a tragus, and oh, and a forward helix, and then my belly button mm. piercing, which I regret getting because it gave <laughs> me so much pain. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just like didn't care for it really well, or the curved barbell was too long, so I kept like getting twist, like kept getting crooked, and then every time I showered, I would ask or like touch, accidentally like bumped it. It would hurt a lot when it was healing, and that probably slowed down the healing process. So it was it was scabby for a long time, um, but now it's like fully healed, but it's still kind of like dark in there where the <laughs> hole is so i don't yeah i don't really like it that much and i don't have any cute jewelry for that part so mm. yeah are you thinking about getting you're done with huh? piercing? yeah um yeah i think so i don't really know where else i would there's no more space another piercing yeah and piercing. i like my setup as is i feel like it would be like way too much if i did another one mm. Mm, you said you were gonna do your uh, favorite and least favorite piercings. I guess your least favorite is your belly button one. <laughs> yeah, my least favorite is my belly button. My favorite, I think it's my conch. Right. I really like the conch. Mm. Yeah, and it's versatile because you can have either a stud or a ring, and they both look mm-hmm. different, but they both look good. I don't know. They give a they give off different looks. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's really cute how it's like. When you have a, a stud, it's just like nestled in there. Uh-huh. Like it's a like little... a little pearl in a in a clamshell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Your ear being the clamshell. <laughs> but what was the experience like? Like, are there any moments, like any piercings that hurt a lot, like your belly button, or which one was like the easiest um, to mm. get? I don't know Probably if lobes. I just have a high pain tolerance, but none of them really like hurt that much when they were, I was getting pierced. It was just the recovery that was really annoying, like waiting mm-hmm. for it to heal. Um, I think for me, the two helixes were the most annoying because they would get, because they're on the outermost part of the ear. Um, we sleep on it, or if you bump it, it'll get easily irritated. So it's harder to like wait for that to heal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that as well. What about you, Mae? Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like Sally said, we. I, I remember oh. your helixes were scabby for a long time. No, it's still, it still gets really easily irritated because. Yeah, whenever you mm-hmm. sleep on it or, like, accidentally knock it with a hairbrush or anything, it, like, gets um, scabbed up or really annoying. But I think it's also because I we went with – or I went with, a, a like, a hoop as my first thing. And, like, mm-hmm. apparently it's better if it's a stud because there's less, like, pull on it. But, yeah, anyways, it's my most annoying For one. For me, I actually thought the hoop was better. Oh, really? But I don't know. Yeah, my first one was a stud, and the second one, I got pierced with a hoop, and the second one healed a, wa- a mm. lot faster. It's still, like, the one to this day yeah. that is, like, the most annoying one to deal with, and it still occasionally, like, <laughs> gets crusty or, like, annoying. Because um, it was the... Mm-hmm. I always... I'm like Sally. My mom was okay with me getting, like, low piercings when I was younger, so I had, like, f- uh, first 
uh, low piercing and actually second ones, but then they closed. So when we went to the piercers our first time freshman year, I remember we were all nervous and everything like that because it is kind of intimidating the way it looks as like a tattoo <laughs> shop and like we're like these unblemished mm. like not marked up people at all going in. <laughs> yeah, original. we're like little freshmen and we came like in a pack of like four. And it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like made all our friends come with us just for mm-hmm. moral support because we we're like it's gonna be so. But scary. yeah, Chris was like amazing. He's really nice and friendly. And mm-hmm. he didn't, like, judge us or anything like that, which was kind of what, what I was worried about, like, being judged. But, yeah, so I got, um, the same day that Sally got her uh, low piercings, I got a helix at the, like, top, top of my ear. And then, for some dumb reason, that night we went out, and I feel, I honestly, <laughs> I think that's why my piercing will forever be, like, irritated. Because one I'm night. sure it got infected from that party, because it was a nasty party. But, yeah, um, that's the first one I got. And then I have um, currently four on each ear, so only eight total and none anywhere else. (laughs) So I'm pretty happy with what I have now. And it's pretty much the same as Sally. Like, we, like, the ones that I have because we would often, like, go together or be like, I'll get one if you get one. And so it's kind of, like, similar. (laughs) Or we, like, we see each other's piercing and be like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. cute. I want one too. I think we went through a phase, like, fresh end of freshman year and then into sophomore year where we were like getting piercings like Definitely. every other month it was I pretty think, often i feel like it I coincided with our going out um, <laughs> yeah. trajectory too That's true. it's just because once we started going and then we were comfortable with chris and then we were like okay why not like get another one and like another one and it's like not that big of a deal and then we scroll through instagram and see all these pictures of like the set mm-hmm. of other people's setups and be like oh that's so cute it's and such then, a thing on instagram like the aesthetic yeah, of it like if you want it like balanced mm-hmm. or like asymmetrical or like some I don't know there's like whole different designs and setups you can get so yeah I went through that whole phase and I'm over it <laughs> but um yeah I'm done with piercings I, we have like in mm-hmm. the past year well also Chris left so I don't think I would go back to the tattooery <laughs> that was the only reason we went oh, yeah. to be honest yeah yeah so I'm kind of like done with it and my mom was like not happy every time I got one so and it's a lot of Same. upkeep like um making sure they're not like irritated and i don't know mm-hmm. i've always wanted to switch out my piercings and then every time i do it, it gets a little irritated so it's like i need to calm down so yeah i'm kind of <laughs> over it and i don't want to get pierced anywhere else really so my favorite one that's so weird you're done before. so soon yeah it's like a uh what do you call that like a surge like a like a flash kind of thing where it's like really quick and then it's over because I think it's, like, a phase that you go through. And it, I think what you said, Lino, was right. Like, it coincides with our, like, going out and, like, feeling, like, young and, like, not responsible for anything. Reckless, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just before Rash as usual. we got our butt Rash kicked by, like, <laughs> got our butt kicked by, like, school and stuff. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you said uh, you liked your Helix or? No, I, well, my he- Helix is the most annoying one. I think my favorite oh. one is my forward Helix. Okay, yeah. It's never been infected or irritated. It's like a pretty little blue thing that just like sits there. So, (laughs) yeah, that one's my favorite one for sure. Mm -hmm. But I know, Linda, you went with us a couple of times when we went, but you never ended up getting pierced. I remember the first time we went, you were trying to get your nose pierced, Mm. right? And then you like backed out of the end. Yeah. Okay. So, and then I got like a, like a fake one to try on and see what it looked like. And then like, Uh It looks weird. <laughs> Let me not. But I did help Natalie pierce uh, Gavin's ear in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I told you guys. I, yeah, I feel like I told you guys this, but how do you pierce at home? Okay, so uh, Natalie's mom is uh, a pediatrician, so she had like the needles. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, our needle was smaller than the piercing that we had, uh, so that was uh, kind of a problem because we had to kind of like force oh, the piercing uh-huh. through. Yeah, uh-huh. it was scary. Chris would never. <laughs> <laughs> like the process was pretty easy. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was okay doing it. And Gamma said it didn't hurt that much. Um, but, like, the process of just putting the needle through and connecting the piercing to the needle and trying to, yeah. like, push that one through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but the only piercings I have are my lobes. And I got it at um, Embassy. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I get what you guys are saying about it being scary because that was kind of a scary <laughs> experience. I wish I did it when Chris uh, was still around. But it just, like, followed these, like, these men who are, like, I don't know, they, they don't really talk to you. Mm-hmm. They just, like, sit down, like, like do you want to hear, blah, blah, blah. It's a very, like, like brusque uh, process. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I like them. I um, think also, MBD. like, we happen to go sometimes during, like, really, like, um, crowded per- time periods or, like, where there's a lot of people. So it's kind of like a mm-hmm. get them done, Rush, in and out yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or but then the, sometimes we would go with Chris where w- there would be no one waiting in line and it would be nicer. So I think that really, like, impacts how... I guess with any customer service thing, how, like, amount of energy they'll put into, like, I don't know, doing small talk and stuff like that. But do we have any suggestions or tips for people who haven't gotten piercings yet or haven't gotten as many or the the ones that we have, I guess? Because going into it, I had no one that I really knew that had all those piercings, and so I watched a lot of YouTube videos, but... It did not prepare me for all the upkeep, I think. <laughs> like, videos of them piercing people? It would be just, like, amateur YouTubers being like, watch me get my ears pierced. And then it would be, like, the shaky up-close video of someone, like, getting their, <laughs> like, ear pierced and then them crying or something like that. So it wasn't that helpful, um, that I found. For me, I liked watching videos of people showing off their setup, like, the ear setup. <laughs> <laughs> that helped me, like, plan what I wanted for my ears. So I guess playing beforehand is a good idea mm-hmm. so you don't get something that you're like oh it doesn't go with this other one that i want um but yeah upkeep some a lot of people don't talk about in these videos like how much upkeep it is so it's important to keep the ears um to wash them re- regularly and i one of the youtubers i watch um recommended that you use a neck pillow as your pillow mm. um, when you mm. get a fresh piercing so that you're not putting pressure in your ear when you sleep yeah, I think were that's you a really thinking good tip. of kind of the long term thing when you were first getting piercings. Like when you got a piercing, were you thinking of oh, like I'm gonna get another piercing later and like, like build up the setup, or was it just kind of going with the flow or whatever um, you felt like? I think at the beginning, no, but then once I like started becoming more invested in it, then I started planning out oh, like later on, I want to get this one, I want to get this one, <laughs> and like yeah. I think that happens to a lot of people for piercings and tattoos where uh, maybe a little differently for tattoos since it's a lot more money and like time investment. But yeah, mm-hmm. definitely the first piercing is more like a brash, like, oh my God, okay, let's just do yeah. it. Let's just do it. And then <laughs> um, when you realize that you are spending money, so you better plan this out. Kind of. <laughs> also, because I think we realized it wasn't as painful as we thought it was going to be. So I was more willing to like try different types of piercings or like um, in different places because... Like, it wasn't as painful as people were, were saying. 
So besides piercings, um, some of us also have tattoos and I know you guys plan out tattoos too and put a lot of thought into some of them and what uh, what do you think Linda how you want to share what tattoos you have and where you got them um okay so my first tattoo is my star on my hand um it's like on on the side of my palm kind of and that was also a very rash decision <laughs> so me and my friend Carla were at the Latinx studies conference in DC and then somewhere in the conference we were sitting in there and we were like oh it's Friday the 13th and then we looked out Friday the 13th flash tattoos and then we were looking for stuff around the conference area um, to see if there were any places offering and then we found a place and then we like we uh, skipped the conference and then we went to the tattoo shop Wait, you and should we explain, both got tattoos. You should explain you didn't uh, even go flash to the conference. tattoos and like, every, like why it's associated with uh, Friday the 13th. I don't really know why it's associated or I, with Friday I guess the 13th. like what it, it, it is. Okay, so they're just like, flash tattoos are little designs that tattoo shops have, so it's not like something you can design on your own. They're like pre-made, and they're like cheaper than the regular ones, and they have them on Friday the 13th, or like other like events, and then you just go and pick the one you like. It's like a small, like fun thing, Mm -hmm. um, and like low pressure to get a tattoo. So I got that one um, on my hand. I was kind of nervous about it because the hand is a pretty like exposed part, but... I like it a lot. I like the placement. And the other one I got is a matching one on my other hand. So it's in the same place. It's a little planet like Saturn uh, with a ring. And that's a stick and poke from our friend Charlie. So I think they started doing stick and pokes recently. And I was like, that sounds cool. I want one. And then they came over to my apartment. I think Ming was there mm-hmm. when when they did it. And um I remember it hurt a lot more than the than the needle. Stick I feel like Ming can attest to this, but stick and pokes are a lot more painful than uh, doing it with a gun. Mm-hmm. And um, that answers a question that Liz had um, <laughs> when she asked us. And it yeah, it's definitely a thing where, for me, because I've had both a stick and poke and a professional one. And like Linda said, the stick and poke one is more painful because it's slower. It's like way slower. Yeah, but is also... Is the needle you use thicker too? So I use a five... Um, point needle and I think Charlie used a three-point needle and then I started using mm-hmm. another five-point needle but also Ming our experiences our sticking folks are limited to me who's done like five and like <laughs> Charlie who's also done like I don't know how many but we're still really new so maybe people who are like do stick and pokes yeah. or like, hand pokes professionally like do it a lot better but I haven't had to experience that yet I still don't know if I'm gonna like tell my child to get a stick pole. I'll probably just gonna be like go with the professional um setup first and then maybe try it because it's yeah I guess you're right we do have a selective experience but I definitely prefer the professional one in Taiwan better but yeah uh, maybe the you other can, one like... huh oh I was gonna ask maybe you explain why you wanted to start doing it and then Oh, okay. Um, so our friend Carlos wanted to do it, and I guess he asked me because I do drawing and stuff, so it would translate to doing stick and pose or like doing tattoos. So we bought a kit, and when it came, I was like, "Oh, it came." I I was like texting him. He was like, "Okay, I'm on my way." And then <laughs> we had like we had like twenty minutes before a class, and then we opened the kit immediately, and then got like oh and then I tattooed him like right there in my apartment. We just 
very rash because usually people practice on like oranges or something before oh. they tattoo on skin but um i did i did a little cloud for carlos on his leg and it came out pretty well considering it was the first attempt ever but okay so he didn't do a good job at taking care of it and i wasn't that professional either because i literally just learned about it like seconds before but he was like I'm going to the ocean tomorrow, and then he went to oh my gosh. the ocean, and then he was like, what should I put on it? Do I put, like, cocoa butter? Don't put cocoa butter, cocoa butter. on your tattoo. <laughs> um, you're supposed to put, like, lotion, or usually they give you some kind of cream to put on, like, right after, but mm. um, the other stick and poke I have is on my ankle. It's like a sprout, and Carlos gave it to me, and that was so painful. Like, on your ankle, where the skin is really is really thin you can really feel the needle going like in and out of your skin it's like mm-hmm. that like the... <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> yeah i don't really, really know how to how to explain it but bang do you want to talk about your experience with stick and poke mm-hmm. yeah um my first tattoo actually was from linda and i, I felt like okay not peer pressure but i was like i was on the edge of wanting one or like not wanting one or like going to a pro- uh, professional um Tattoo. Do you want to talk about the meeting? Yeah, so eventually I saw Linda with her kit and I was like, okay, might as well. I think, was Carlos there? I don't remember. But I saw him get one and it didn't look that bad. So I, I got one ahead and got, um, it didn't look that bad, my first one. And it was, it's on my um, inner, uh, I guess if you're looking at me, my left arm, arm, my inner arm by my um, elbow. And it's, like, two little hearts. They're, like, really miniature. One is bigger than the other, though. And, okay, this is my way of, like, getting past my mom. <laughs> because my mom, when I was growing up, and she still does it, it's, like, whenever she signs a card or something to me, she'll sign her name, like, mom. And then put, like, the big heart and the little heart. Like, it's the two of us. And I always thought oh. it would be a cute, like, tattoo. Like, very sentimental. But then <laughs> I, I wasn't, like, planning dramatically to do this. But I figured, like, if I got that in... Like reference her maybe her judgment will go over easier <laughs> and it kind of worked it did work like i showed it to her and she was upset but it was also like a cute like a wink at her or nod to her so yeah linda we did, did it. the same night that um we did my sprout mm-hmm. and then some other thing for carlos i think so that was yeah, a wild it, night <laughs> it was a really rash night <laughs> but it's something that i'll remember and like whenever i look at it i think of both my mom and of linda <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and it was, like, it was painful, but it wasn't too bad. The only parts that hurt are, like, when you go over it to darken it. Because I think with stick and poke, yeah. um, you have to go over it several times or, like, I don't know, fill in the like, the places that weren't poked to make it, like, one, like, f- full line. So that part mm-hmm. is what's painful when you go over it. Yeah, I think for my daikon, I did, like, three sessions with it to make the line as dark as I wanted because when this skin is like swelling then it doesn't hold the ink um mm. okay so when we did it uh, me and my friend Natalie were watching a video of like it's like life in prison <laughs> and they tell you how to what? how to uh, do stick and poke tattoos and how to like mix the ink and whatever and how to like make your own tattoo gun and stuff like that it was very like informative um you like crush up like pencil lead and you like Mix it with water okay. and stuff. I think we need a disclaimer for this podcast episode. <laughs> we'll put do one. Do not follow this. I hope. Yeah, do not. <laughs> but yeah, um, my second tattoo was also by Lena. Another stick and poke, and this one was 
I guess I was feeling rash again. Something spontaneous or something. I think it was because you were touching up one of yours. And I was there. Mm-hmm. And I just decided to get one. And it's, like, on my hip. And it's, like, a little, like... It doesn't mean anything. It's just, like, a little sparkly thing. Something cute looking. And... Yeah, and then my third one was from Taiwan, which I guess we can talk about, both talk about our Taiwan experience, because that was pretty unique, and yes. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. it. And Sally was there to witness as well, so she can <laughs> offer her feedback. But um, I guess when we went to Taiwan, we, I don't, it wasn't even like we planned it ahead of time, but we were there, but we were in Taipei, and then for a few days, and then we got the idea of looking for tattoos. I don't remember how that came mm-hmm. up, Linda, but... We started like searching I think it was, for like, people weird on here, Instagram. Might as well get a tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Like we had. You guys are planning it like basically the whole trip though when we were there. Mm, that's true, but it's not like we like beforehand like in America had like thought about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was very like in the country moment. <laughs> so like, Linda messaged a few people on we on WeChat or just through uh, online and mm-hmm. Instagram, and a few people got back to us, but for some reason like the days and the times worked out with this one shop. Um, do you want to talk about it more, Linda? Uh, so the shop is in Kaohsiung. Um, let me, it's called XC Tattoo. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it stood for. It's like... <laughs> Xiaju. Xia, oh, Xiaju. Yeah, so it's called Xiaju Tattoo. Yeah. And it was a really cute shop. So it's like on, on the ground floor. It's like kind of like a little home office. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cute. Inside it has like little a little gallery of tattoos that they did. And... Um, so it, it was cool because when they were messaging me, their their English was so good. But when we got there, they were like, <laughs> "We just use a translator," and it was cute because they were trying really hard to uh, communicate with us. And then from our like limited Mandarin, we were having a nice conversation. Um, they recommended us some places to go um, where they were from, and oh, it's like these two these two girls. I think they were really nice. Um, they had a puppy. So their name there. is Xia Zhu because one of them is, their name is Xia and the other one it's is Zhu. <laughs> so they put their names together. <laughs> it was a very yeah. wholesome environment for sure. Yeah. Very yeah. inviting. The process was really friendly. So I got mm-hmm. my star tattoo and then my um, little flower tattoo from uh, Embassy, which was, it was like an okay experience. They were like flash and they were, it was like MBD. I really liked the design, but I don't know. I just like it's just different getting tattooed by a girl. It feels mm. more like friendly and intimate, I guess. Um, like when I was reflecting, it was like a very activate the diaspora <laughs> <laughs> moment. Um, but yeah, I think Ming like really activated the diaspora because he got uh. What do you want to talk about? What you got? Uh, sure. Yeah, I think the the environment really played a role in that of just being in Taiwan too. And also, like, being in their shop where it was, okay, they were speaking basically all in Mandarin, so I, I had to, like, rely on Linda and Sally to help me, like, understand, which is maybe not the best situation for when you're getting a permanent thing on you, but, I mean, it happened, and it turned out fine. Um, I've always, not that I want to put, like, a lot of meaning into my tattoos whenever I get them, but um, I guess I do like to find meaning and stuff, so I knew that going into it, I wanted something that was related to Taiwan or, like, our trip or something like that. So I ended up deciding on, like, uh, a lantern, and I got it on my ankle, and it's, like, this cute little floating lantern, and I kind of look back on it now on the trip as, like, sometimes it seems like that trip never happened, or it was such a long time ago, or, like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe we were actually there, and then I kind of, like, checked my ankle, 
And I was like, well, my tattoo's still there. It had to happen. <laughs> so it's a cute mm-hmm. little reminder. And yeah, it's something that has meaning, but it's not too like emotional or in-depth. But it was, it was a really fun experience. And it was nice that like you all were there and stuff. And it was like a very small shop. So there was no one else there. They only took appointments. Um, mm-hmm. And they had a dog, though. It was great. They also had like a pigeon <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that they rescued, apparently. It was like a very dreamy um environment and experience i think that was like the longest like interaction that i had with a, mm-hmm. a local <laughs> so it was yeah. like no, they tried so hard to like give, help us out mm-hmm. they helped mm-hmm. they helped us out with like i guess like linda said like where to eat and they like even went through the trouble of like looking up places that they went to and stuff like that and like looking up um the map and helping us like navigate it we found a moss yeah, burner because like they... of them Just... yeah <laughs> they went through like i don't know they put so much effort into us and they were like pretty young like i think a little older than us so it felt like really friendly and easy to communicate with them but mm-hmm. yeah it seems like i don't know i like want to chase that experience again but i feel like it's harder to do it in in america um but I've been looking at, there's, like, some queer shops in Baltimore that I want to try, too. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe more smaller shops are nicer, too. Or, like, um, ones where, I guess you're right in the way that the only experience we have is, like, you doing Stick and Poke, that shop in Taiwan, and, like, Embassy, where it's, like, very rushed, and we've only gone for, like, the the um, special sale days. So it's, like, three extremely different experiences yeah or environments um but even though uh the shop in taiwan couldn't convince sally to get a tattoo you know <laughs> wait sally are you just like not interested in tattoos or are you thinking about like saving it for when you have like a specific idea or something? saving it for marriage <laughs> well i guess i have several reasons why i don't want to get a tattoo um well first the biggest reason is that my mom like really doesn't want me to get a tattoo um like unlike unlike piercings it's like permanent and you can't Mm -hmm. take it out whenever you want to um and it's just um like and then personally i feel like if it's not something that i really like like i don't want it on my body like permanently because i'm indecisive um if i like something right now like i might not like it later so Mm -hmm. i just haven't really felt the need that to get one i guess mm-hmm. um but i think like i'm interested in tattoos like i like looking at them and i think it'd be really cool to like give them but i don't think i would have one myself <laughs> mm. Wait. like i really like watching um there's this youtuber that I watch that she's like an apprentice at a tattoo shop and i really like watching her like practice her tattoos on these like fake skin sheets <laughs> it looks really cool um and i really like i like the tattoos with the really thin lines and they're really aesthetically pleasing, mm. but I don't know if I would want it myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones we got in Taiwan had really thin lines. Mm-hmm. Um, they use, like, one one-point needle, so it's really, yeah. it really detailed. But also, in response to uh, what Sally said, it's interesting because I feel like for me, um, so I think I have, like, five tattoos. Wait, one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six. I have six. Um but like even if I didn't like it that much in in like conception, like the sprout, it was pretty random. But once it's on your body, like you can't help but like it. I think. Mm-hmm. Like 
I don't know, maybe it's like a psychology thing. Like once it becomes like part of you, like you just feel like obligated to to <laughs> like it, or even if not like it, like accept it. And um, I don't know. I kind of get what you're saying, Linda, because mm-hmm. like. Um, I've always been worried about being permanent or like permanency of stuff, I guess. Or like I'm the type of person who won't use my stickers intentionally because I don't know where to stick them. And like once they're yeah. stuck, they can't be unstuck, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, but I guess in the way that you were talking about tattoos, it's kind of like that for me where um, whenever I look at the, like the, the little sparkly tattoo means not like <laughs> the image of it has nothing, no meaning to me at all. But, like, when I look back on it, I think of, like, the fun we had that night or, like, the rashness of it or just, like, I'm more interested in, like, the experience of the tattoo, I guess. So I feel like as long as I get it in a positive environment or, like, having a positive experience or, like, a memorable experience, um, I'm not as worried anymore about, like, will this mean it mean anything to me in, like, 20 years? But I get what you mean, Sally, because, like, I'm still not committed mm-hmm. to getting a huge thing that I can't, like... Yeah. justify in the end i don't know it's a it's a personal choice but there's a lot of meaning you can put into it or not at all i know some people like one youtuber i watched too she like just gets them mm-hmm. randomly and like the tattoo she got i personally thought was like really weird and like random but <laughs> she was like i don't even like it but i, I like like i have it now so <laughs> i don't know people take very different perspectives on tattoos also yeah. it's like a changing climate i think people aren't as conservative about tattoos as they were in our parents generation or something um so i feel like if you're not going to i don't know accounting or whatever it shouldn't be a big deal to to have tattoos or to have visible um like visible tattoos also for people who want to do stick and poke is really easy like it's not it's not intimidating when you can get past the feeling of like going into someone's skin because I feel like it's pretty intuitive um once you do it the hard part is like persevering because I remember the first time I did it you need to go over it multiple times and the first time like nothing was showing up and I don't know if Ming you remember this but we were kind of panicking because nothing was showing up on your arm mm-hmm. when we did it but yeah, after it a few like- times like the skin was, like, was sucking in the ink. Yeah. Well, after we all were it, like, the design really came out. Um, and I guess another tip is use lots of alcohol to to wipe down. Okay, not to drink. To wipe not the to skin drink. And not to drink <laughs> and to make everything sterile um, and get get reusable. Not reusable needles. Um, Sterile needles, obviously. And mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, I don't know. I think I remember making some bad choices before, but everything turned out fine. <laughs> I think um, as someone who gets tattoos on them for a professional thing, the number one tip I could give is like when if you go to a, like a professional shop to do research of the artists themselves, not just the shop. Like um, it's okay if like you're getting a random one rashly, like like on the off decision, but like if you really wanted to put in meaning to it i guess or like have that style you should really do research into the artists that you're going to specifically because everyone it is an art so everyone has their own different style and so if you want something specific like you shouldn't just do it on a whim or go into the first shop i think but that's and for shops themselves usually artists have their own uh profiles where you can look at 
their work specifically and not just the ones of the the shop where there could be multiple artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess to wrap it up really nicely, does anyone have any future interests of getting more tattoos or piercings or like other forms of body modifications? I guess we didn't touch on some other stuff, but like, like me personally, I think I'm done with piercings, but tattoos are like an open, a new field to go into. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want like a big one that has more thought into it um okay i've been thinking now that i'm stuck at home it's a good time to practice oh my gosh uh, all my so- on so you or I on come fruit out. huh on practice- your fruit yeah okay i'm not bothering fruit anymore i'm going straight <laughs> going straight in um how much does practicing on fruit translate to like the human canvas <laughs> i've never practiced on fruit so i don't know oh, oh. Uh, I don't know. Like, she's always gone straight to your flesh. Orange skins are similar to human skin, but maybe for banana. me, I, I feel don't... like a banana skin would be more similar. Yeah. I know on Grey's Anatomy or... they always practice their sutures. Yeah, the suture. <laughs> oh, did you see that that grape um mm, surgery? grape surgery? The surgery, or... <laughs> <laughs> or that orange surgery where they took out the different slices of orange? If you can tattoo a grape, I would be very impressed. Oh my god, that would be impossible. But I'm thinking about getting a big one from from a shop because I want like the thin lines and like mm-hmm. the details. Mm-hmm. But I'm still like marinating. About Do you have a shop in mind? Um, there's like this lady in DC that um that's pretty cool. I was like looking at their uh, her Instagram and stuff like that. But I'm still like looking looking around. But I think it's different because for me, I want to design my own thing like draw it out so mm-hmm. that would depend less on the artist than if you were to go to the artist to for them to design it for you mm-hmm. is it cheaper if you bring your own design and they just copy it i don't know Maybe. i think a lot of artists i've seen on like instagram are like some of them will go some ways but i saw one person who's very particular like if you bring a design you're still gonna have to pay the amount it would take for them to like do it because I, I guess some people are very particular in how they're doing the art. So if they're touching it mm-hmm. or if they modify it at all, like, it's their art, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. That's also why tattoos are kind of intimidating to me because I don't want to step on anyone's toes like as an artist and stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's also like some policies about um, you can't touch up someone else's work or something. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to the same person who who did your tattoo in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. But I think I, I wanted to do stick and poke because I wanted to touch up my planet because it's on the palm of my hand kind of, so it fades uh, a lot faster. So after about a year, um, the end of it was kind of gone, so I could like just really easily do it myself. Do you think you want any more, Sally? Or any at all? Or more piercings or anything? Or we're all done? I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> And speaking of that, I guess we're done with the podcast. We're done. We're done. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. It was a little lighter topic today where we talked about tattoos and piercings and our whole piercing phase as a freshmen and sophomores in college and then linda's side hustle doing her little stick and poke uh hobby on the side so 
maybe we'll get some in the future, maybe not. I guess you'll have to keep following along to see. But thank you all for listening to this week's episode. So by the time you listen to this, our brand new website will be live. Thanks to Stefan and his CS skills. You can find all our episodes and show notes with links uh, at movingalongpod.com. And if you like this episode, you can follow us on Instagram at movingalongpod and rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time. Bye. Bye.